0: Welcome back to the Final Corner Podcast. It's just a two-man show this week again. We're missing Tom, who has suddenly perished to a sore throat. So it's just myself and Nick. Nick, welcome back. Hello.
1: I feel like I'm the other present at the moment.
0: Yes, you, you are the constant in this episode. <laughs> or this series. I don't think you've missed a show. In about mm. two and a half years since you started.
1: I don't think so. I might miss one, maybe.
0: Hmm. You're certainly consistent, if anything. <laughs> so, we're not going to be discussing the finale of the British Touring Cars yet. We're holding that one back until Tom has regained his vocal cords. Um, we all know Ash Sutton won the title now, or you should know, since it was about two weeks ago. Yeah. But our full season review episode will be coming when Tom is back. So, on this one, we're going to do a recap of the news ahead of the Circuit of Americas Austin Grand Prix this weekend. And have a look back at the Qatar Grand Prix, which was actually quite interesting.
1: Yeah, it was actually, considering how much I generally hate that track. But the resurfacing seemed to add a lot to it.
0: Yep, new, new surface, new curbs. And that ended up with Pirelli having to put mandatory tire limits on the teams for the main race. Which was interesting. I don't remember the last time they had to do that. I don't think they've ever done that. It did feel like a bit of a screw-up, but don't think it... It did impact people's strategies, but it didn't have a huge effect. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It, the only issue, I think, was that where it was announced later in the... the after the sprint race that some people didn't have as many fresh tyres to use. But yeah, not by a lot.
0: Yeah. So a couple of teams had to change their strategy because of, most of them, had I think, had to do three stops. Mm-hmm in the end, just to get through the race. So that was all a bit spicy in the weekend. Uh, Coming into the weekend there was uh, a big bit of news where the FIA approved Andretti F1 to join the grid either in 25 or 2026, but it sparked a bit of a backlash from a few of the teams. FOM still has to approve Andretti's entry, but there is teams like Haas and Williams who are against it at the moment. Essentially, they don't want to have to split their prize pot 11 ways rather than 10.
1: Yeah, it's a tricky one, that. So I would like to see another team. And I think most people would like to see another team. But commercially, does it make sense? I don't agree with the argument that I, th- I think it was Christian Orner, because it's usually him, um, <laughs> said that we already have an American team in Haas. It's like, you don't really. They're based in the UK. They have a small sort of presence in America at the moment. Whereas Andretti would be based in the, sorry, in the USA.
0: Yeah, Nahas' name is fairly well known in American mm-hmm. motorsports. Andretti you'd probably say is more so. I, I don't know if everyone needs a big American team to help it grow. I think what it needs is more seats for mm. junior drivers to get a chance.
1: That's very true so as pro-
0: well. the, the, the problem in the last few years is we've had, we've had a pretty much... A, a big restriction on younger drivers getting chances, just because there's only 20 seats. Half of them are pretty well walked in and then when teams have got young drivers like, you know, if you look at a team like um, I was going to say Alfa Romeo Sauber, mm-hmm. they're keeping Bottas and Joe for another year, despite both of them not impressing. So from that perspective, more teams are great, but mm. I think the the big point for the young younger teams the smaller teams is that if they lose more prize money at the moment they're not really sustainable they're relying on investment if they lose an extra four or five percent because the prize money is lower that could tip them over the edge
1: mm. yeah it's a tricky one i know that they it's negotiable as to what the amount they have to pay to enter is because it was set at mm. 200 million but i yes. believe that it's going to be more like 600 million now because the teams are generally Worth more. Weirdly, at the moment, there's a a lot of teams posting profits and there's also a lot of teams posting losses. But it's hard to tell because Williams, for instance, have posted a a lot of losses where they've been expanding their facilities, trying to catch up to the other teams.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're they're bringing in big investment at the moment. so that Mm. James Vowse has said they're going to lose money for the next two or three years. Yeah. Because they want to try and catch up which is completely understandable. Mm -hmm. but it's it's similar but different to the football argument at the moment because you see clubs like Manchester United, so Ineos essentially, who own a part of Mercedes, Mm. are going to buy 25% stake there for 1.5 billion. Mm -hmm. And they're doing that because they think in 10 years they can sell it for 10, 12, 15 billion and make a profit. Yeah. F1's a sport where I don't see how you're going to make your money back if you, like Andretti has to pay 600 million to their teams plus they've got all the startup costs and the development costs etc etc how are they ever going to make that money back It's it, F1s to me seems a strange investment Yeah, so I think it's a loss maker for all of the big brands that are there, I think overall if you take a 10 year look at them they're all losing tons oh, yeah. of cash. So it, seems, it seems very strange to me why they would do it, unless they think that a big brand like a VW or a Ford or whoever may come long in 10 years and actually buy them out. Some of the viewing figures for this year are always, are dropping as well, so if one was in a boom it's starting to maybe go down a little.
1: They do have that deal with um, well, seeming deal with GM slash Cadillac, yeah. which is essentially just a naming deal because they're not going to be supplying them with an engine they may do in the future if they get onto the grid that is but to start with it would just be a rebadged engine from another manufacturer but i I don't see what you mean though because yeah I, i think all the money that they will be spending to get on the grid is essentially just written off and at that point from then on can they make profit to keep it going but the initial investment is just there to start
0: because you're talking the best part of what'll be a billion dollars, mm-hmm. if not that, to to just get on the grid. It's a hell of an investment. Fair play to anyone that's wanting to take that on. It just mm. when the price is good for entry's gone from two hundred to six hundred, it seems a bit mad to keep going. But you know they must have a plan for why they want to push ahead.
1: I suppose the other way to look at it is if it's gone from two hundred to six hundred in a couple of years, what's it going to go to further down the line? But it's not like football to use your analogy in that that's an ever expanding business whereas F1 you feel like it is expanding now but it can only go to so big a point
0: Well I think we're at the limit of races already mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the FIA came out this week and says we need less races, when you said less races and more teams which I don't disagree with mm-hmm. in principle but there's already what, three American races Yeah How much more can you add there before you oversaturate it? Africa, you could say, if the sport takes off in parts of Mm -hmm. Africa, you could have huge growth there. But it's just a very expensive pastime. It is. It'll be interesting to see if Andrea can even get approval before they even get to the financing point.
1: What's interesting, I thought, though, is that the other teams seem to be of the opinion that they get a saying it, but apparently they don't. It's hmm. down to FOM purely. Um ah. I can't remember his name, but the um well the head of the FIA has said that it, it has no or the teams have no say in this. It's purely down to FOM to decide. Um but they're not gonna want to upset the teams either.
0: Yeah, the way the uh, Sky were talking was it was a ten team vote. Which by the sounds of it is completely wrong then.
1: In terms of the regulations it is. But if the teams all vote against it, then they're not going to really stop them, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I'm interested. I'm oh. interested to see when they'll have to make that decision by. As you say, a couple teams of teams are posting profit. Uh, Alpine have got some new investors as well. A bunch mm. of sports stars have, for some mm. reason, put money in. You've got people like Trent Alexander Arnold have all announced that they're investing in Alpine this, this year, which can you see why that one is as well?
1: No. I'm not sure what <laughs> the reason is for that. So many different people are involved in it, is it? Um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney are involved as well, I believe.
0: Yeah, this is the part I don't get, and as I said with Andrea, I don't get how you get your money back. Mm. Especially when you're a manufactured team like Alpine and Renault. Who are you going to sell to?
2: Yeah,
1: I I don't understand how it works, but someone does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, as yeah, maybe a reason we're not businessmen. So that was all happening kind of pre Qatar and then pre this weekend's race. Helmut Marco put his foot in it, I think it was pre Singapore.
1: Yes, I think so.
0: And there's been online rumours and talk since that there's um, various discussions about Marco leaving the team, internal politics within Red Bull, unconfirmed reports that people are briefing to the media about him, etc. etc. Personally, I think the dull man should go. Yeah. Just because he's such a walking risk for Red Bull. And he he must be contributing something if they've kept him around for so long, despite him constantly putting his foot in his mouth.
1: Yeah, he's officially an advisor. He's not technically paid by Red Bull, even though he is a director of the team.
0: Yeah, Uh. did you guys cover all that in the last show?
1: We did, yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's very odd how, but yeah, it's just weird. He's just too much of a risk, like you say.
0: Yeah, I think it's time for the... He's in his late 70s, I think, as well.
1: I think he's in his 80s now. Is he? I'm sure he's actually 80.
0: Yeah, time to go, Helmut. (laughs) Enjoy enjoy your retirement. You're right, he is. He's 80.
1: Ah, yes. You had read it somewhere.
0: Christian Horner has hit back at speculation over a mark of feud. And hell Marco's admin won't be sacked. Are the latest headlines that have come out yeah, today.
1: Which will change again tomorrow,
2: so
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Uh Pirelli's extended the contract for twenty twenty seven slash twenty twenty eight. Um so they're gonna continue. There was speculation that Bridgestone may have been interested.
1: They did apply for the uh contract. It's rumoured that they're being encouraged to bid for the next one because Pirelli won't be around after that. Uh, Apparently, Pirelli want to leave after 2027 to concentrate on something else. But also, with the rule changes, they didn't want to bring in a new team. Oh, sorry, a new constructor of tyres. They wanted to keep some kind of uh, continuity, I should say.
0: Mm. They do get a lot of stick, Pirelli. Mm. So, you do kind of wonder how beneficial it's been for them.
1: Yeah, and the thing is a lot of the stick is unjustified because yes, they've had problems, but they're also doing what FIA or the teams or whoever it is that's decided has asked them to do. They've been yeah. asked to provide tyres that wear down quickly. Um, so Yeah.
0: Yeah, and if you remember back to well, the early 2010s when they first came in, mm-hmm. they were basically asked to make tyres out like paper-mashy. <laughs> yeah. So you did have four or five stop races back then, Mm -hmm. which this weekend was a kind of a bit of a throwback to, which uh, you weren't really sure at times where everyone was kind of sitting. Yes. It's a different kind of viewing Mm -hmm. from normal. You see a lot of passes and you see a lot of overtakes in the pit lane, but you're never 100% sure until the final stint what's actually happened. Yeah, who's actually in which position. Yeah, because at certain point, Ted was coming in saying, This guy's doing a brilliant job. <laughs> and then three laps later, he'd sitting 18. And you go, Was he? Uh, yeah, did he just not paid you?
1: He <laughs> was also saying how brilliant a job Show was doing when they were clearly talking about
2: Bottas. Um, yes. But <laughs> that was also quite amusing.
0: Yes. Yeah. The, the Sky team is up to its usual standards. Mm
2: hmm.
0: Uh, we'll go straight into qualifying then. Yep. Quali, Stroll. I'd say fit because he was out in Q1. <laughs> and then uh gave his personal trainer a wee show on TV. Yeah. I must
1: admit I was, I mean I wasn't impressed by that but I understand the emotions and everything going through but it was more the the interview afterwards that really did it for me. It's mm. <laughs> Just the look on his face and every question they asked it was just one word answers. Um, and it was clearly I don't want to be here.
0: Yeah. I don't. I kind of don't blame him, but like he's been rubbish. Yeah. I, would, would you disagree? He's been rubbish.
2: Uh, no. I,
1: apart from the very start of the season, he hasn't delivered anything.
0: No. And Aston keeps saying it's. They think it's because of the updates to the car that they've done. It's, it's taken it away from him. But that really doesn't justify qual- qualifying or going out in Q one like this,
1: no that's um you know that that can account for some of the fact that he's behind fernando but what was he, he was over a second behind wasn't he in q1 yeah 1.1 seconds that's not acceptable as a second driver there's not just him there's other people in that position
2: but yeah it's just not good enough
0: It's ultimately going to cost aston at the end of the season mm-hmm. because they're going to get overtaken by at least McLaren, if they haven't already, and they're going to lose money. Yeah. And if they had two performing drivers at the start of the season when their car was um, second best, third best at times, mm-hmm. yeah. Then it's, it's their own fault essentially that they're they're going to end up at probably fifth. They're going to they're pretty safe in fifth after McLaren get past them. But yeah. If you go in the form at the start of the season. And they were able to carry that with two drivers it'd the bit least, sport.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, totally. I mean, that car was a rocket ship at the beginning of the year, but they just, they only bought one real upgrade and it didn't work.
0: Only their notes from uh, qualifying was that signs and Perez went in Q2. Again, completely unacceptable. Yeah. And Norris and Piastri should have been second and third, but both lost <laughs> their times to track limits. Honestly, we yeah. need to do something about track limits. I am so fed up. Track 1, and F1.
1: Yeah, I think they do have plans in place for next season and beyond where there is going to be more things on the outside of the track to actually punish them there and then for going wide
2: rather than giving them penalties for it. And I'm all for that. You know, bring back some grass, some gravel, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. Mohammed um, Ben-Solman, the FAA president, has said that tracks need to change or they'll lose F1. Mm-hmm. And they were hinting at tracks like Austria. Yes. Where, like, change your track, or that's it gone. Like, we can of have the farce. Remember that one? That one was ridiculous. Yeah. They were at it. There was hundreds and hundreds, and they were, I think it was even after the race, it took hours to go mm-hmm. through all the track well, penalties.
1: And so, that's where the big problem comes, especially when, during the post-qualifying interviews... Um, trying to think who it was, I think it was Naomi Schiff who was interviewing them and mm. Oscar Piastri comes up and she's saying, why are you here? <laughs> Shouldn't <laughs> it be Lando? And then during the same interview, she then has to inform him, oh, you've lost your time as well. And it's like, you know, that, it should be more instant than that, but I understand there's so many of them going on. That's why it's taken a while. And it wasn't helped by the track limits being changed at this track because yeah. of the tyres because then they were running closer.
0: I, I think, if without changing the tracks, the easiest way would be to say that the exit curbs mm-hmm. count as part of the track. Yeah. You know, the, the limit isn't the white line, it's the edge of the curve, and you can put four wheels. And just, for the short term, allow that to go, because this is driving me up the wall watching Yeah. That
1: I do know what you mean, but also at the same time I feel like if that's the limit, then they're going to push that further.
0: Yeah, but if they do that, they're really (laughs) taking the mick, whereas now you're losing track limits for like half a millimetre. It's ridiculous. (laughs) So we then had Sprint shootout, I think it's called officially, where uh, Piastri took P1 from Norris and Verstappen. Piastri was pretty exceptional this weekend. Oh yeah. Do we have the wee chat about Perez now, or we'll, we'll wait till the end? Mm, let's wait till the end on that one. Let's wait till the end. We well, was 8th in this one. I mean, yeah. come on. That's, that's amazing for him. It's so, a step up. <laughs> <laughs> so we had the sprint race with a, a change in well, max tyres, some on the soft, some on the medium. It was widely expected that the softs were completely their own decision. And it kind of went that way, although the race was affected by safety cars, which probably helped him a bit. Mm-hmm. So Norris and Max got a pretty poor start and lost positions at um, off the line. Liam Lawson ends up off and brings out the safety car. He just loses it on his own.
1: Yeah, that was a strange one.
0: First big mistake he's made.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think that's a massive issue in terms of how he's doing, because... This track was very slippery, which is what made the sprint race so interesting, I think. He mm. um, was just unfortunate he
2: overcorrected the slide. But uh, yeah. He's still doing was... well, I think.
0: Oh, I think he's. Uh, I was going to say he's impressed more than Ricardo has, which that's hard to say because I think Ricardo wanted one race. But yeah. I would say he's impressed more than De Vries did.
2: And oh, his time in that car. Definitely.
0: And I know um, Ricardo's back this weekend in America, but William Lawson, I certainly put himself in the shop window for a seat next year.
2: Totally. He and doesn't have Paris, one, but he
0: might. Yeah, there's kind of a, a handshake deal, I think, for him to get in a seat next year. Mm-hmm. Not next year, sorry. 2025? 20,
1: Yes. There's um yes. he has been told he has or well, allegedly been told he has a drive somewhere. And Horner apparently is no fan of Sonoda. So I can see that being one of them.
0: Yeah, I'm slightly surprised Sonoda's I think he's confirmed for next year, isn't he? He is, yeah. I'm slightly surprised at that one. But uh we're getting safety car restart. Piastri keeps the lead at the beginning. Alonso has a nice little battle with Alonso Norris, but um, McLaren keeps the position. Ocon was quite sneaky, but uh, yeah. got round Alonso while he was trying to fight Norris. So
1: Russell was doing really well, I thought, in general this whole weekend. He was putting mm. in some dive bombs.
0: Yes, uh, that was a big one on Piastri at the the hairpin, which um, gave him the lead.
2: Yeah, um, I think.
1: Piastri said after the race, it's just that he was already starting to turn in and he was just like where did he come from? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he did well to recognise it was happening and leaving enough room.
0: Yeah, from the off-board I thought he had just ran wise but it wasn't. He had, they, had, they had drove the corner pretty smart once George uh-huh. went for it.
2: Yeah,
1: it was a good move by Russell but he was definitely relying on Piastri to know he was coming.
0: Yes, yeah. And uh, fair play to Oscar for driving that well. Morgan Sargent, then oh, another boy that's struggling really badly. He's off track and it's another safety car which I've, from memory was spun it on his own, didn't he?
2: Uh, yeah, it was
1: another one of those where he just, similar to Lawson's but in a different corner, different way but he ended up in the gravel.
0: Uh, other safety car restart then on lap 7 we have got a bit of a fight between Carl Sainz and Oscar Piastri. It looks like Sainz is going to get round outside of turn one, but Piastri fights it brilliantly and holds a position. Mm. And that's pretty key for him, because he's behind. You've got Max Verstappen, who's starting to come through the, the field and has to take overtake some of the soft runners. Yeah, and was... I think if Piastri got held up a bit more, that would have been a very tight at the end. Uh, yeah, and I think it was
1: really interesting seeing how the mediums and the softs were pairing off because the mediums were clearly coming good and then there was a safety car and they couldn't get them up to temperature quick enough so the softs were always much quicker for the first lap or two after a safety car.
0: Yeah. When Verstappen gets past both onto the Ferraris really easily mm-hmm. once he's uh, once he's got his mediums going. Which, uh, if, again, Piaget, I think, played this race because he gets past Russell mm. only a few laps after the restart. He hasn't really held up, gets past them all on the main straight, and that lets him build a little bit of a gap to first step
1: Yeah, it was really nicely managed.
0: Uh, Norris pulled off a nice move from the outside of where at first corner. Then we get a crash, a three-way crash between Perez, Ocon, and Hulkenberg. Yeah. Hulkenberg uh, got scissored in between the or pincered in between the two of them and ended up all three of them into the gravel at one point. Yeah,
1: it's one of those I think it definitely was a racing incident. Um, Any one of the three could have probably backed out of it, but all of them weren't going to. I think Perez was the only one who really had a view of what was going to happen. Hmm. So I do think he was risking it trying around the outside because he knew there was two cars on the inside of him. Whereas the other two didn't necessarily know that the other two cars were there.
0: Yeah, I think Ocon and didn't know. Hmm. Um, but you're, you're, you're right. It's it's hard to say somebody should back out there, but it probably you're right. It, it, what was Hulkenberg? Hulkenberg was going to lose the positions anyway. So he maybe yeah, could have, but yeah, If Ocon hadn't have moved over. But you think he only moved over because he didn't know Perez was there?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think if all three cars or all three drivers knew that the other two drivers were there, it would have happened differently and maybe they could have got through it all, but
0: yeah. So another safety car, Uh, Russell asked to pit, but he's told no, which you think was correct?
1: Yeah, I just think he would have lost too too much time trying to get back through. Yes, he would have been faster, but other cars had already pitted ones that were further down, so he would have been behind them.
0: And if you look at the the restart was lap 15. It was only 19 laps. Yeah. Wasn't it? So there's not a lot of time there for it to come back through to, to fourth, which is where they end up finishing at the end. Yeah. So at the restart, Lando Norris gets passed by O'Clert again, but there was then a nice little battle between Lando, O'Claire and Sainz. Lando got O'Clert in the turn one. Then fought signs for a few laps for eventually making the move stick. Yeah, that pretty was... Very aggressive defending from Carlos at times this weekend. It was, and
1: it's, it's good to see, I think, as well. He's not just uh, caving when people are coming at him, but he's also not being like the old Max or Kimi Raikkonen style of defending where it's last minute.
0: What happened to a clerk in this one?
2: Um, he just went backwards, pretty much. Um, yeah
0: he got a penalty Was it just track limits or ah, I can't That's the point
1: actually no, I can't remember I don't remember seeing it during the actual uh... Yeah
0: because he got a Five second penalty and ended up at 12 But I think it was just for track limits
1: Oh yes so no, it was, he made stroll wasn't it They uh, both yes.
2: got Penalties so that's why he dropped right down
0: Hmm So Ultimately the mediums won out Hamilton got up to fifth. Norris recovered to third. Um, and Max Verstappen was world champion again because his teammate finished the race in the gravel. Uh, yes,
1: with the uh, Crofty going, oh, and that's ended his world championship hopes, trying to make it into a big thing. <laughs> it was like...
0: Ah, crafty.
1: He even actually said in the post-race uh, stuff with the sky that he was like, <laughs> I had to try and make something out of it because there was no story otherwise
0: What's that? it won the world title five months ago
1: exactly <laughs> Perez on. finishing in the gravel didn't affect anything
0: <laughs> you think though it's, it shows you the power of that car that Perez despite being utterly terrible continuously mm. is second in the championship
2: yeah completely
0: so it's uh, you've got to type your hat to Red Bull that car is a beast in the right hand
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And apparently, a nightmare in Sergio's hands.
1: Yeah, and I think Perez suffers a lot from overdriving as well, where he's falling behind and getting under pressure.
0: Yeah, someone done a side by side of the two, I think, qualifying laps, I think, mm-hmm. that hit this track between Perez and Verstappen. And the way Verstappen drives the car is so smooth. Mm-hmm. He basically turns the wheel once, that's it. Whereas Perez is sawing at the wheel and overcorrecting constantly, and it's almost comp- oh, like they're driving two completely different cars. Yeah. Which, apparently at one point in the season, Perez has re- requested to go back to the original spec car from the start of the year, about all the upgrades, and he was told no, that they're not going to bring two separate cars.
1: Part of me thinks that that's a bit harsh on him, if he wants the old car, but then hearts and various other things it's going to be a logistical nightmare for Red Bull so I can understand it
0: uh, On to the main race then mm-hmm. where we lost a car before the start Carl Sainz didn't make it because of a fuel system issue which then gave Nico Hulkenberg a penalty because he drove into the wrong pit box <laughs> yeah. at the start <laughs> which uh, easy done, easy done uh, Yeah. Big drama at turn one though Uh, Lewis is starting on the soft tyres, George is starting on the mediums, decent start for Verstappen from Paul, Russell pulls in behind him, Uh, going into turn 1, he tries to move to the outside of Verstappen, Lewis is on the outside of all of them, tries to come round both of them to go into the lead, turns in on Russell. It's contact, Lewis loses a tyre and is in the gravel. George has damage and has to pit and ends up right at the back of the pack. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, at the time it was very much Lewis blaming George saying he was taken out, but fair play to Lewis as soon as he saw the replay. He said that was totally my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, it was just he turned in on him. He didn't leave enough room. He probably didn't realise that George was alongside Max as well. Even if it was only slightly, but yeah, he couldn't turn any tighter.
0: But no, I think, I think Lewis saw his chance. He was desperate to get in front of both of them mm-hmm. while he was on the soft tyres.
1: And if he just left a little bit more room, he still might have done. He definitely would have got past Russell. And he might then have got Max later in the lap.
0: I think he would have definitely got Max because he was mm. pretty, by the time the contact happened, he was pretty much alongside Max.
1: Well, yeah, because it was... Um, his rear wheel into Russell's front wheel, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and Russell had a slight overlap. Uh So he would have got Max. So on this one, I think it's worse. What what confused me is all the punditry afterward, certainly on Sky's side, was talking about how it was a mistake from Russell and a mistake from Mercedes that Russell should have recognised that he was on the worst tyre and just sat there behind Max. Yeah. But just asking a hell of a lot of a driver at the start of a race to just sit there. And even if he did go for the move on Max, he wouldn't have been expecting his teammates to turn in on him.
1: No, exactly. And I mean, Russell then did say, I didn't even know he was there, which in a way was a silly thing to say because it makes him sound like he's got no awareness, but he was concentrating on Max. And I suppose, in a way, he doesn't need to know there's someone on the outside because he's not planning to go further to the outside. Yes. But, yeah, for me, there's no blame whatsoever on Russell there.
0: No, there is a narrative going around that Russell hasn't been fully playing the team game with Lewis and has been, you know, fighting him at points where he doesn't need to and mm-hmm. lobbying the team mid-race strategy. I kinda of felt the sky were just kinda of trying to play up that narrative again. Probably. Like Rosberg was going on about it, there God. was questions <laughs> Yes. There was questions in the pen, I think, even from Ted mm. about it. And to me that just how you can look at that incident and say, That was Georgie's fault. Yeah. Or George should have really done something different. I think he's just asking too much.
1: Certainly not on replays. On first viewing live, you could potentially say he's gone into the back of him. But as soon as you see the replay, it's totally clear what's happened.
0: Yeah, I don't get it. So back to restart and Max keeps his lead pretty comfortably from Piastri. Uh, George Russell gets past Perez. Checo's gone nowhere. He's on the hard tyres and achieving nothing, unfortunately. hmm uh, we've got a bunch of early pit stops and there's a lot of fight between Alonso and Leclerc. Uh, Norris gets past Leclerc outside of turn one and a decent little move. Russell um, tries to go around outside of Gasly but Gasly puts him off mm. and I think that was all judged to be fair by the stewards.
1: Yeah, cheeky but <laughs>
2: fair I think, just.
0: You know what it reminds me of? Mm. Is Jake Hill and Tom Ingram at the Final hairpin at Donington. Yes. Remember where Tangram got the penalty? Yep, very much. No consistency between Stewarts. Come on. <laughs> but, no, no. Yeah, in these tracks, especially when you've just got runoff areas for miles. Mm. Those kind of corners. Yeah, alright. Uh, everybody's really hot. Brand Alonso asked to get soaked in the water. <laughs> or something because he's boiling his backside off.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Uh, just the the image of it just made me laugh. Just if he could see him coming into the pits and they just throw a bucket of water in his face.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's a lot of electronics in that car. It's probably not a good idea.
0: No, probably not. Uh, Jekyll gets, I think, two five second penalties for track limits, and his engineers really not happy with him.
2: No.
1: Um that's, I think, as well, the whole track limits issue for this weekend, whilst watching the race, I was just that, like, just stop it, <laughs> you know, if you yeah. don't run wide. But after seeing the uh, condition of the drivers at the end of the race, I have leaned back a bit on that view since, because, as I say, half of them weren't even fully conscious, it felt like, throughout the race. So you can understand them going a bit wide. But... It was the drivers that were under pressure that were the ones breaking the track limits.
0: Yes, because Stroll got a penalty as well, and Mm I think Casley. And it was. I did laugh at Jekyll saying, I couldn't even see. Like, how can I stay in the lines I can't even see? Which. Yeah, get a boost. Initially seemed funny. Yes, exactly. But, like, everyone's in the same positions in the car Mm -hmm. near enough. Like, everyone's got the same thing. Like, stay in the limit, man. Just back off slightly. But. Then you you heard drivers speak after the race where they're all exhausted and some of them were saying, Yeah, my vision was completely gone in the high speed corners, it was just blurred and semi blacking out and everything, so Yeah. I, I can I can slightly forgive him for that.
2: But it's uh it's just not a good look for Cheko. No.
0: Mentioning people being ill, Logan Sargent's on the radio saying he's really struggling. The men's heat, the G forces, just everything. He's feeling ill. He goes a lot longer, but eventually retires just because he, he feels so ill. And, and
1: you've got to respect that, I think. In the position he's in, where his drive is under threat, he tried to go on, but he also, there's no point getting to a point where you are. That bad in the car where you can't even drive it anymore. You're just gonna be a danger to someone else.
0: Oh, absolutely. And um, James Vowles was straight on the radio saying, "Look, just if you don't feel well, put, mm. or like it's not gonna affect anything. Just, just come in." Because I think the last thing Williams will want is a car on the wall because the driver's passed it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: And
0: sergeant's repair bill for this year already is quite significant. <laughs> yeah. So like. I don't think Williams can afford for, for more, parts. I think they've already said they've had to take money off development just to cover the repair mm-hmm. bills that they've had. Yeah. So Even for a selfish financial point of view, it was the right thing to do, and just for a driver welfare point of view, it's completely the right thing to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally.
0: Well done to McLaren, No World record pit stop, 1.8 seconds on the dot.
1: Yeah, with these heavy tyres as well. That's a real achievement.
0: It's, uh, it's mad when you watch a pit stop like that, isn't
1: it? It is. I mean, if you don't actually pay attention during a pit stop, you don't really see the tyres coming off. It's just the car goes in in between a group of people and then comes out again.
2: Yes.
0: 1.8 seconds. That is utterly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fair point to the McLaren boys because we know that Red Bull have been far and away the best and Williams had a wee spell where they were grand at pit stop. Yeah. Fair play to McLaren for catching up and, well, taking the world record. Yeah. Uh, that pit stop and Lando's speed means he's right behind Piastri. Um, he asks them to switch positions, but they, uh, they tell Lando to hold station behind, and he eventually comes in for behind Piastri by the end of the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Russell pits for softs and sees how far he can get up the field. He ends up getting up to fourth by the end of the race. He's uh, still quite significantly behind the uh, the Clarenzo, mm-hmm. but ends up getting fourth, which, which considering he was backwards at turn one at the start, exactly in return.
1: I think Russell had a brilliant race um, to come back from where he was, um, and it just makes you think that Lewis could possibly have won the race.
0: Oh, and definitely, I think. I think that was part of the desperation to try and get Uh the lead at turn one, because if he had done that and was able to build a little gap and then then pit onto another, because I think Lewis had more softs, Yeah. So I think he would have went soft, soft, medium. So he he was definitely in the running. Uh, Anything else, really, from the race you want to touch on?
1: No, there was Fernando Alonso's um, dodgy rejoin, but...
0: Oh, God, yeah. That was about it. Um, Talk us through that. Well,
1: I can't even remember what the corner was. Was it turn two, where he went straight on? Uh,
0: they all look the same to me, though.
1: Yeah, same. But well, he went across <laughs> a gravel
0: trap and then
1: onto some kind of service road which connects back to the track. And he just floored it straight on the service road, come straight back on the track at full speed in front of Leclerc. Um, the FIA deemed it was okay, I believe. I don't think he got any punishment for it. But it yeah, he
0: got a reprimand, I think. Oh, is that what it was?
1: But yeah, it was definitely a bit dodgy. There was no contact with anyone, but it was also the fact that the service road was covered in sand. Um, You could (laughs) see it all flicking up off his tyres as he went off it, so he can't really have known what the grip level was going to be when he rejoined the
0: track. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, Charles Clare, who was behind him at that point, done well. Even pulled in for a wee bit of slipstream Mm. before he got past, which was uh, was quite, quite impressive. I did like your little image in the notes, what you think the track looks like. <laughs> I
1: can't help it. That's just what I see whenever I see that image. It does look like an outline of Dr. Zoidberg.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, Futurama. What a show. <laughs> so at the end of the weekend, you've got a first ever win in F1 for Oscar Piastri in the sprint. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a double podium for McLaren, a match for Stappen taking the win, and the world championship at the end. Uh, you got two alpha males and the points at the end, so oh, yes. their strategy eventually worked out. And after all was said and done, and yes, Czech will end up tenth for a point. Yeah, so, I think we have to start by just saying congratulations to Max and Red Bull. Oh yeah, I mean, that's a phenomenal it. car. They've only lost one race this year in that car. Which They've been absolutely phenomenal.
1: I'm pleased that they did because I, I think they could have been unbearable especially Christian Horner if they had lost a race. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're by far the best car. Max has, well, you can't say Max has been the best driver because he hasn't really been challenged. Um, but he has been faultless.
0: Yeah. he He's drove that car perfectly and he's not had to He's not had to, in any real point, go above himself, mm-hmm. you know, to, to win a race. Um, you could probably point to qualifying sessions where he's been pushed a bit more. But certainly with the races, he's, he's had the car to win those comfortably.
2: Yeah, and
1: he, he comes back from bad positions, whereas Perez doesn't.
0: No. So, Perez, the rumours are that he's been told that if he loses second in the championship, to Lewis Hamilton he's going to lose his seat now the gap between them at the moment is 30 points it's entirely possible he loses that position and the the rhetoric from Red Bull especially at the summer was he's definitely staying for next year and that's slowly changed and Helmut Marko has started saying the past few weekends that actually we do need a change here and I think that's all been driven by McLaren. Oh, yeah. The fact that McLaren can now beat them in a qualifying session and finish a race only five seconds behind with two cars, I think, has got them worried for next year. And where I think initially they thought they could carry a second driver who was, you know, finishing in the top five, say, most weekends. Mm-hmm. I think they're now realizing actually we need someone who's just off Max yeah. rather than someone who's quite a way off Max most weeks
1: yeah because they clearly don't want someone who's going to be pushing Max taking wins off of him they want someone
2: who will win when Max can't Yes, and that's not what is doing he's not even yeah, getting okay. close
0: no his performance especially since the summer break mm-hmm. so, like, they're, they're you can't make any excuses for him. No, yeah, and I really like Sergio Perez, I know it doesn't sound like it much on the air, but when he was about to lose his seat from racing point, we were his biggest advocates for getting in somewhere. Yeah. And getting into Red Bull. But and last year two years ago he won Max World Championship. Last year he struggled. This year is as I say, it's amazing he's still second because his performances are absolutely nowhere.
1: Yeah, I mean it's similar to Stroll in that he had a very good start to the season, to the point that mm. if you remember, after five races or six races, he was being <laughs> touted as being a match for Max, and it might be his championship year. Yeah. Um, to which I was saying, not a chance. But yeah, it's since then it's all gone downhill, and I don't know how much of it is mental and how much of it is the car, um, but he seems to really struggle when the pressure is on him.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you look at his results in his last 10 races or so, he's finished third twice and second twice, so you would initially go, that's okay. But if mm. you look at the car he's driving, that's not okay. <laughs> no. It's so not okay to, to have that.
1: And now the other teams are catching up, so he doesn't have those guaranteed, or well, potentially guaranteed podiums that he was looking at at the beginning of the year. So it's going to be tricky.
0: Correct, and I think Red Bull's worry is that if McLaren are, McLaren find something over the summer and they're actually fighting for wins next year mm. and Mercedes are a little closer and Raleigh's a little closer if they've got a second driver who just can't cope with the pressure in the car mm. they, they might still win the first championship and probably would but that team's championship is, is going to be up for grabs because you look at look at McLaren, they've got two drivers and you can't really separate them right now
1: No, I mean if anything, Piastri's looked like the better qualifier and Lando's looked like the better in the races Um, Yeah but this is Piastri's first season so Mm. you would expect him to be a bit worse in the races because he doesn't have that experience yet
2: No,
0: but he's what a coup that has turned out to be for McLaren to get him from Alpine.
2: Yeah. And do
1: you remember the when he first went there, everyone was saying, How can he turn his back on Alpine? <laughs> it's that, well,
2: Because he's gonna don't. get results.
0: Yes. If you look at where he is now, he's on eighty three points. Gasly's the lead Alpine, now he's on forty six. Mm. And you consider where that McLaren was at the start of the year. It was Probably the second slowest car at some races.
1: Uh, yeah, it was terrible to start with. Was it three or four races, I think, they said that they bought their upgrade, which was essentially what they said they wanted the car to be at the beginning of the
2: year? Hmm, yeah. But until there, it was nowhere.
0: So, the team and the Piastro himself done phenomenal well. Mm-hmm. He's got his first one in F1 in the sprint. He's uh, He's been hugely impressive.
1: Yeah, and it must absolutely kill Lando that he didn't get that first win um, <laughs> ahead of Piastri. I know it was a, a sprint win, but it's a win. Um, yeah. I think, was it, um, I can't remember if it was Damon Hill or Karen Chandock in the post race thing, was saying that you are a race, a race winner. And he said, I don't really feel like a race winner. It was a sprint. And I think it was Chandock, but I'm not entirely sure. i said to him, There was a race, you won it. You're a race winner. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you put it like that.
0: Yes, there was a start and a finish, mm-hmm. and you definitely won.
1: Yeah, and you held so, Max at bay. You didn't just um, cave in because Max had a few laps where he could. We all thought he could have caught him, but he mm. kept him about three seconds or so behind for
2: most of it. Yeah, no, the, yeah.
0: Piastri's been very impressive in the last six, seven races. Even going back to Brittany, he almost had a podium. Mm. So, yeah, I think the championships, both of them are over. There is still some intrigue in terms of the teams and the, what if, Lewis Hamilton can get second from Perez. That's kind of where the intrigue is now for the remaining five races, Mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. But I think we're kind of seeing that there's potential next year for quite an inciting championship. Mm-hmm. McLaren at the 4. Mercedes are, Mercedes are up and down, but they're speaking like they've are going. They're figured out what they're going to do for next year. Yeah. Ferrari have been there at races, but their car's just quite temperamental and hard on tyres, so 2024, I think we're kind of turning our eyes to now. And, uh, yeah. It could be quite interesting. Course it could go the other way and we'll be completely bored like we have been for years this year. But yeah. At the very least, it's there, true. There's, there's, there's we, things to be optimistic about.
1: There is. I mean can you imagine if McLaren suddenly built a, a brilliant car and it was just Norris or Piastri winning dominating the championship, we'd be bored. But thought of it now, yes. it's like oh that would be awesome
2: to see them at the front.
0: Correct. And I I I think if a team other than Red Bull suddenly got to the front, they wouldn't be dominant because the strength of the Red Bull. Yeah. So even if Max was suddenly the second quickest car, you know he'll be there or about fighting with them.
2: That's very true, yeah. Um, and also the fact that Max
1: is I mean, I believe that if you took away Checo's points, it's something like they would still have won the Constructors.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. by um, miles, I think.
1: So it's, yeah. All the other teams have got two drivers. So that would make it interesting next year. If if other teams have race-winning cars, you don't know which
2: one of them is going to win. Hmm. Whereas with Perez. Red Bull, especially at the moment, it's not going to be Checo.
0: No. So I think her eyes appealed for the next races here. Perez does. Uh, if he does get banned, the, the noise is that it's going to be Ricardo back in a Red Bull for next year.
1: And that would make the most sense of the drivers in the Red Bull stable. He has the experience okay. and unless he does something awful in the last few races with AlphaTauri he would be the front runner and I think Lawson would then probably be next in line that is.
0: Well there's some talk that Perez wouldn't accept going to AlphaTauri so it would be a clean contract break mm-hmm. so there is a star chance that Lawson would end up in an AlphaTauri next year.
1: Yeah I, there's no point Perez going to AlphaTauri I don't think. Yeah. Um, no. I could see him ending up at Williams if yes. that seat's available, but I honestly think Perez will be there next year.
0: And yeah, so they are.
1: I hope he is for his sake, but from a sporting point of view, it's it's a bit dodgy.
0: Okay, we'll end on our final congratulations to Max and to Red Bull for their double championship win. Max, uh, second and a half world championship. <laughs> Well done, Yeah. And uh, this weekend we're at Austin, Texas for the, the, I think it's, I think this is the official American Grand Prix, isn't it? Uh,
1: Yes, it is, is, yeah. Uh,
0: It is the official United States Grand Prix from Circuit of the Americas. Uh, It's a bit of a late one. The sprint, it's a summer sprint, so the sprint race is at 11 o'clock at night and the actual race is at 8 o'clock at night. Uh, So uh. it's quite a late one for us. Then we're in Mexico, Brazil, f- finishing off the American leg at Las Vegas, and the season finale in Abu Dhabi. Uh, do you see they just announced a golf tournament before Vegas? No, I have not we seen are. that. So it's a Netflix crossover thing. You know, they've got Drive to Survive, they've also got the golf version, Is it Full Swing, I think it's called?
1: I've no idea, because it could also be called Drive to Survive, to be fair.
0: <laughs> very much good uh, so uh, there's four F1 drivers and four pro golfers going to compete in a Pro-Am handicapped event before the Vegas Grand Prix at the uh, something spring
2: oh, Low Springs
0: that, uh, golf course I think it is that's
1: the racetrack but whether or not a is the name of a golf course I don't
0: know
1: I want to say Palm yes. Springs but I don't know if that's right or not
0: it's in Vegas. But it's it's at <laughs> it the Wynn Golf Club. I don't know where this thing came from. Oh, the right. Wynn Golf Club. Uh, they've also got think, the hotel and casino. It's, so, that could are, be interesting. The four, the four drivers competing are Alex Albon, Pierre Gasly, Lando Norris, and Carlos Sainz.
1: I had a feeling it would be those two at the end. They love their golf. Yes.
0: Yes. And then the golfers are Ricky Fowler, Max Homer, Colin Morikawa, and Justin Thomas. So. A driver teams up with a golfer and they play at an eight hole mat and then the top two teams go to the final hole for like a shootout. So it's a little Netflix event before yeah. it to kind of promote the F1. It's good to see. Which I'd, I'd, I don't mind those kind of crossover things. Uh-huh. I think that's quite good. The, well, the fun crossover thing I can't get behind is the bloody boxing. Nonsense. Uh, we'll not get into that in this episode
1: yeah that's fair enough I don't even know what that is but we'll find out
0: oh thank god the YouTube box it was on last weekend oh it? yeah uh, that sounds ridiculous man. yes
1: it's not as exciting you're as I thought man. though when you first said um, there'll be a golf competition I was thinking what all the drivers in VW golfs <laughs> that would be interesting I
0: would... How great would that be? As if the final race of the season, they just stuck everyone in old Cleo's and went. Yeah. On you go. <laughs> Let's have an even race between all of them and just see what happens. Because it would be that. hilarious. Would be brilliant. It would be so fun. It would be so much fun. But yeah, we can we can live and hope one day, mm. right? I do it from us. Yep. Yeah. Right. We'll see you next week with the USA Grand Prix review and hopefully a season recap uh, on the British Touring Cars when Tom is back to fitness. If you can still remember that the Touring Cars happened this year. True. We'll, uh, we'll recap it all coming up next week. So thank you for downloading and we'll see you then. See you later.